Hello and welcome to the So She Travels podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Flipflop, here to interview today's most vibrant female travellers about the why, where and how of their travels. We're here to inspire you to see our world, to discuss the issues us women face travelling and to talk about a few of the more interesting ways you can do it. Each week we'll have a destination and a few topics and discuss. Join in the conversation on the hashtag SoSheTravels. Don't forget to press subscribe and if you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating and a review. Emily and I first met back in 2015 on a press trip in Spain. She's a fellow travel blogger at emilyluxton.co.uk and lived in London at the same time as me, but we never actually met. Since then, our lives have freakishly paralleled, so much so we now live together in South Sea, Portsmouth. It's been a happy union for the past year and one that meant that we could have this chat, me in a dressing gown, before we went out to a 90s party in town. Emily has overcome crippling shyness and heartbreaking grief at a tender age to travel the world, sometimes solo, sometimes in a group. I wanted to talk to her about her coping mechanisms, where she's been, her travel dating stories and why she wanted to come home from travelling the world indefinitely. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Um, it's nice that we can just do this in our home. <laughs> <room. laughs> yeah, it's super convenient. <laughs> yeah. um, so I've got lots that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Seeing you all day, every day. It's just, it's just not enough for me. <laughs> now I feel the need to interview you as well. Brilliant. Um, so let's start with a little introduction from you about your travel history and how you get to travel so much. Okay. Um, so I'm a travel blogger like you. Um, and I focus on like solo female travel, I guess, um, and travel history. My first sort of big trip, I went to South America for five months. Um, that was with my ex-boyfriend. Um, and then I've done quite a lot of Asia, Europe, sort of darted around the world, doing lots of different trips. Um, and then after my ex and me broke up, I did two months in uh, Southeast Asia. Okay. And what was it that sparked an interest in travel in you? Um, oh, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Um, I think when I was younger, I had a big kind of obsession with like adventure books and sort of, yeah, adventure things. And I played a lot of video games, which sounds really sad. Right. Um, but video games are all about like going on little adventures. And I think that kind of made me want to like have real life adventures. Okay. I know that sounds really lame. No, no <laughs> but it is true. Not. So, did, did you travel much as a child, or was it more no. through the books? And no, when we were, when we were kids, we kind of did a lot of like we went to Butlins. Right. <laughs> we Mine, to Butlins Minehead or Bognor Regis? Minehead. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not Bognor. Come on. <laughs> um, so your first trip was your first big trip was with your boyfriend to Latin America, right? Yeah. And where did you go? Um, we started in Colombia. And we went down through Peru, Bolivia. I'm trying to do geography in my head quickly. Peru, <laughs> Bolivia, Argentina, Chile. No, Chile, then Argentina, then Brazil. I suppose the order doesn't matter too much. Why did you decide to go on that? Um, both of us really wanted to go on like a big adventure. Um, we'd done like a couple of small trips. I'd been to like Malaysia and Morocco, but only for like two weeks at a time. Um, and I had a job that I hated. Right. Um, so when I met Sam, we both worked at British Gas and um, in the call centre, and we hated that. And then I moved to London and got a different job in a different call centre, and I also hated that. Right. So call centre worked here. <laughs> um, so we <coughs> uh, we were kind of like saving up to travel for 
years um, and then you know we planned this great big adventure um, and we picked South America because I can speak a bit of Spanish I think that was right. basically the main <laughs> deciding factor right um, so yeah so I can speak a bit of Spanish and it just seemed a bit a bit different I think a lot of people were going to Southeast Asia okay. and it seemed like the sort of more exciting option so we kind of went there how much did you manage to save up um I think I had five thousand pounds and I think he had four thousand so I think we had a lot of money it was quite expensive <laughs> yeah well how long did that last you in, um, in Latin America that lasted the whole five months pretty right. much um we kind of ran out of money towards the end because that includes like paying for flights and everything. Oh right, okay. That's um, pretty good, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, five months. Um, but we just kind of did everything. So we were like every tour, every single possible opportunity. We were like, yeah, we'll do that. Just yeah, throwing like... money away. And then it kind of got. We got to Chile, which is quite expensive anyway. And um, then we were kind of like, oh, we need to <laughs> stop spending money on things. So how? What you just realised that you were yeah. running out? Or... Yeah. So then we kind of budgeted a bit more sensibly. Um, and then. Yeah, managed to still managed to last the entire trip, and I think I had a little bit left over in my bank account when I got home. Okay, I think that sounds like quite a good yeah, price. Yeah, I think it's reasonable for if you were just doing everything there was to do in each yeah. place. How many countries was it? Five. No. Five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Six. And then, so a few years later, and that relationship sadly ended, and yeah. so you decided to go off by yourself. Yeah. How did you feel about traveling by yourself alone? Oh God, I was so scared. <laughs> I think I think I saw you like the month before and you were going yeah go traveling and I was like yeah 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 sounds like a great <laughs> and inside I was just like I can't do it on my own why did you feel like you couldn't do it on your own um because I've always been like a really like ridiculously shy person um I suppose I'm not so much anymore but back then like if me and Sam did anything together he like I would get him to do everything so when we were in South America I could speak Spanish and he couldn't and I would be like whispering Spanish things to him to say so that he could go and order the tickets or whatever because I was like too afraid to speak to anybody um, and I was like really shy and we'd be in hostels and he would kind of talk to everyone and I'd just be sat there quietly going like mm, yes obviously I know like what shy means yeah <laughs> but what what was it that you thought would happen like if you spoke to those people what was it that was making you like that I don't know I think I've always been a bit like that because I can remember even at school like getting nervous before you know when you do the register at school and they yeah. call your name I'd be like sat getting worried like I'm, I'm gonna have to say yes in a minute oh, in front right, of everybody yeah. um so I just I, I don't know I get worried when like people are looking at me and I always think I'm gonna look like an idiot even though you can't really look like an idiot if you're just sort of saying like which way is the bus station yeah but I used to get really scared about doing things like that so I kind of relied on Sam for everything and yeah I was really I was quite shy and I was I just don't have a lot of like faith in myself I don't think so I'm always like oh I won't be able to do that so yeah going traveling by myself for the first time that was terrifying yeah why, <laughs> why did you decide to go traveling that sounds like the biggest scariest thing for someone that's yeah, too shy well, to talk to a different <laughs> um it was just because because Sam and me had broken up and I was really sad um and I didn't know what to do with my life and I was like all confused about everything and travel for me has always been like a like a really positive thing so I thought like it's a good way to kind of I mean a lot of it was just that I was running away I yeah. was like oh, I'm, I'm having a rubbish time at home I'll just run away and have fun in Asia and that'd be great because you lived with him right so yeah when it yeah it ended, was, you were homeless yeah him. basically <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I was I was out on, out on my own 
Um, so yeah, I sort of ran away to Asia and I thought it'd be like a great way to kind of escape and forget everything. Um, and also just because travel had always, like since I'd started traveling with Sam, it had kind of helped my confidence a lot. So right. I thought that it might be good for me. So what was it like that first day? So where did you go, for, like where was your first flight to after you decided to go off by yourself? Um, so I flew into Bangkok and actually coincidentally you arrived on a Sunday <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember yeah because that was when I missed I missed yeah. my so flight so I had to put you up in my hotel room yeah oh so I, ru- I ruined your you first ruined day. my first ever solo trip no it was fine um so yeah so it was I kind of had it like I eased in because you were there yeah. and I went to Chiang Mai and then I was at Bangkok and I had booked another flight to go to <laughs> Chiang Mai Chiang Mai, but I didn't realise there was more than one. <laughs> I didn't realise there was more than one airport at Bank- in Bangkok. <laughs> so I looked at my ticket when I arrived at the international Bangkok, and I was like, "Oh, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to make that." So then I knew you were there, and I was like, "Emily, can I come and stay in your room?" Yeah, I don't even think I was awake to let you in. I think I just left. Like, yeah, I can, I can totally picture you because I, I didn't like, actually I'm even asleep. know you that well then. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Emily's around. She'll let me stay in her room." Um, but yeah, I can picture you coming in, letting me in, and then yeah, you just went back to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I think I was dead to the world. Oh, I didn't realise that was the first day of your first day. day (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you ruined it. Yeah. (laughs) No, but then I went. I went to Chiang Mai and kind of hung out with you a bit there. I think. Yeah. And then I went off to Pai by myself, and that's when I started being kind of properly on my own on that trip. Right. So you had a good time in Pai, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I might have done. Can't put that in your podcast. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so yeah, I had a lovely time in Pi. It was beautiful. Okay. It's a nice so, river. Um, <laughs> you've written you've written a post about how to travel as a shy girl. Yes. And it's one of your most popular ones, right? Yeah. yeah so what's top. what's your like your top pieces of advice for anyone that thinks, oh god, I can't do that by myself? Um I think the number one thing, and it's what I start the post with, is just knowing that it's going to get better like the first time you do anything is always going to be a bit horrible but I feel like I'm kind of living proof that it does it does eventually get better like I used to just be like I said I, I was too shy to order for myself in a restaurant I'd be like yeah. I want this and then Sam would <laughs> tell the way I can't imagine you being like that <laughs> it really really was it was really embarrassing yeah um, but now I can go to a restaurant on my own and eat dinner there and I don't really I mean sometimes I mind but most of the time I don't mind And but what was the bridge of doing that like being forced to because you're yeah, by yourself yeah, yeah. Being kind of, the, and the more you do something like the better you get at doing it so yeah. if you just keep going to restaurants by yourself over and over or like keep having to walk into a hostel and make friends with people or whatever eventually it does start getting a little bit easier yeah um, and then one of my other favourite bits of advice which is really geeky is that you need a patroness Right. Out of Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> I knew he was um, going to come up somewhere <laughs> in this. Of course. I can't talk about anything without talking about Harry Potter. Um, for the uninitiated people, um, a patroness is when you have to think of a happy thought so that you can fight off a Dementor in Harry Potter. Right. And what I found I was doing when I was travelling would be like, I'd be really scared to do something like, say, walk into a hostel. Right. And before I went in, I'd be like, you can do this. And then I'd think of Im- examples of times before that I had managed to do something that had felt really scary to me. Right, okay. Um, so like, well, one really good example is that I have this rubbish pterodactyl tattoo on my hand. It's not rubbish, it's great. It's a little bit wonky. It's right on the wrist, so it flies. It does fly, it's great. <laughs> when she moves her wrist. <laughs> it's a beautiful tattoo. But I got that um, in Peru on a rooftop 
bar in Lima. Right, um, sounds legit. Yeah. Sounds safe. <laughs> well, they were doing a tattoo show and they said okay. they needed a volunteer to go first. And for some unknown reason, because I hate people looking at me and I hate like volunteering for things and I'm not a massive fan of pain. I was like, I'll do it. I'll go first. And I sort of went out on a whim in front of everybody and got a tattoo. And so whenever I think of that, I'm like, so you did that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what possessed me to say yes at the time. But when I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. I did sit there in front of all those people and get a tattoo and chat to everybody. And that was yeah. fine. And and then that also reminds me of like other things that I did when I was traveling that I was capable of. I guess when you're traveling, you get put in so many like crazy situations yeah. and so many strange situations. And even if you're with someone or you're by yourself, there's, yeah, you're like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone yeah. and everything, aren't you? And then, yeah, I guess in some ways I think like that as well I don't think of it as a patronist <laughs> I think of, when I'm in a, a situation that I'm intimidated by or like a bit scared of I'll think of a time where yeah. I was brave and then you think well if I could do that then I can yeah. do this I'll be like it's alright I jumped out of plane I jumped out of plane <laughs> I can do this I can do this oh when did you jump out of plane in New Zealand <laughs> um, so travel's definitely changed you then yeah I think so I think it's um, it's definitely made me more confident um, and it makes you kind of aware of what you're capable of, I guess. Because, yeah. like I said, I used to be really shy. I used to think I couldn't do things for myself. Like, I couldn't... I don't know. I, I was really bad at making decisions, which, you know, I still actually <laughs> am. So this is a really bad example. <laughs> uh, but I'm better than I used to be um, most of the time. Right. Um, or, like... I mean, that's a huge thing of travelling solo, yeah. isn't it? You have to make every decision by yourself and work it out by yourself. Yeah, and, and I think if that's, it goes wrong, it's your yeah. fault. <laughs> that's been a good thing for me as well, because I am <clears throat> have been bad at making decisions, and I feel like I'm getting worse again, because I can see both sides, and I just I just can't decide what I want to do. Yeah. But obviously, when you're by yourself, you have to make the decisions, so, and it's all on you. I think it's easier when you're by yourself, because when yeah. I'm at home, I'll some, like, I'm, you're upstairs, I'll just be like, I'll go and ask Vicky what she thinks. Yeah. But if I'm on my own, you can't be that lazy. Yeah. You have to think of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, I better sort this out by myself then. If it's I'm with easier. somebody else, if I'm traveling with someone else, I'm always like, well, what would they want to do? Or are they just doing? <laughs> yeah. Are they just doing that because they want to do what I want to do? And yeah. then it becomes this weird thing of I'm doing what I think they want to do, but maybe they're doing what I they think I want to do, and it's no like, one's ah! happy. Yeah. <laughs> just do what you want to do. Yeah. And I think that's something that I like about traveling solo is that it's like freeing for yeah. my mind. I'm yeah. just like. I'm just do what I want to do. Things myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. Um, so yeah, being shy was obviously a big thing mm-hmm. to overcome as a traveller. Um, I remember a few years ago, and you were doing a challenge to like do something that scared you every month. Oh yeah. <laughs> How did that work out? What did you do? What were the things? Um, the first thing, or I think it's the first, or the se- the first thing was uh, I did that solo trip. I booked right. a solo trip, and I went by myself. I think that was the very first thing. And then on that trip, I did a bungee jump. That was one of the big, the really Where big did you ones. do that? In India. Oh my God. <laughs> no no really. part of me wants to do a bungee jump. I definitely don't want to do it in India. <laughs> Whenever I tell people that I did it in India, they're always really shocked. Yeah. Like, why? What's wrong with India? Um, it was it because was I was in Rishikesh and there were posters everywhere saying, be a man, bungee jump. Oh. And I was like, well, I'll show you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but I was the only person out of like all the people at my hostel that wanted to do it so I had to go off by myself to this place and it's like an hour's drive away um so I was terrified I spent like a whole hour driving there just getting more and more scared yeah and then got there managed to do the bungee jump it was really fun actually I would recommend it where was it 
Rishikesh? Oh yeah, Rishikesh. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was over the Ganges or over a oh okay, a channel of the Ganges or something. So that's cool. Over a big gorge. Um, but yeah, you have to like get all strapped up and then tie your feet together and you shuffle to the edge. Oh my god, no! <laughs> I, don't, I just don't want to do a bungee. I just a bungee jump. I just don't get it. I think it was really fun. I think I'd be less scared of that than jumping out of a plane now. Oh, I felt okay about that because I was like <laughs> attached to someone. Yeah, you are. You've got a guy. Like, yeah. Holding you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what other scary things did you do? Um, I learned to ride a moped, which cool. probably doesn't sound that scary to most people. But did you ever use that? I feel like I've never seen. Yeah, that no, moped. I drove. Um, I drove around Bali quite a lot on a moped. Oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and I can legally drive one in the UK if I wanted. I've got a little certificate. <laughs> but now you've got your car, so yeah, yeah, I've got a car now. <laughs> big news <laughs> any other big things did you did you do any um dating when you were abroad no i actually don't think i've ever dated abroad um I'm, i mean you see me when i'm getting ready to go on a date it takes about four <laughs> days worth of terrified <laughs> prep and kind of building myself up to it i read I'm one of your blog good. posts though where you had a date in nicaragua oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that got sprang upon me i was trying to dig for that <laughs> Um, yeah, I was in Nicaragua and I was booking a tour, um, or I thought I was booking a tour <laughs> with this guy, uh, who was he was always hanging out at my hostel because he was friends with the guys that worked at the hostel. Right. And he ran this tour company, um, and so I wanted to book one of the tours. So I said, "Oh, can I book one of the tours?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah. Do you want to go and get a drink?" And I thought he just meant to like <laughs> finalise the booking of the tour. <laughs> I'm so innocent. I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so we went out to get a drink. And then, like, we're sort of halfway... I was basically halfway through my first beer. And he was ordering food. And I was like, oh, my God, we're on a date. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to, like, sneak off to the bathroom and message my friend, like, I'm accidentally on a date. And also it was about 11 in the morning. <laughs> sounds like so a I hot date. I didn't have time to get worried about that one before before it happened. Can I read a little bit of your blog that you, that you wrote and it really made me laugh. Okay. <laughs> oh God, I don't remember what I've written. You were saying about how he wanted, how he wanted to kiss you. <laughs> and then this is what she wrote on her blog. Lucky curvy pasty me. When my mouth was full of omelette, he asked if he could kiss me. No, cabron, you can't kiss me half an hour into a first date while I'm still eating. <laughs> I mean, how did you how did you get out of that? I just said no. Oh, you were just like no, bye. Yeah. Well, he got he got really intense really quickly, um, which seems to be a bit of a thing with Nicaraguan men. I think they're quite passionate. Oh right, okay. Um, it's that Latino yeah. thin blood going through their veins. So yeah, he he told me that I had um, what did he say? He said I had the figure that Nicaraguan men like, but I was white, so I was the best of both worlds. <laughs> Right. Which is just, that's, you know, that's what every girl wants to hear. Cool. I think that sounds nice, isn't it? Because I think the, the figure he's describing is just, like, a bit tubby. <laughs> We've all got to find our people that appreciate this. That's one of the things about travelling as well. So yeah, he told me that. And then he, um, he was being really full on and he was saying, oh, I want to be a boyfriend. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want a boyfriend at the moment, but thank you. Especially <laughs> <laughs> not a Nicaraguan one when I'm moving on. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving in like three days, but I'd love to do a tour. <laughs> I admire his upfrontness. I think yeah, it's great. I think it was, but yeah, he was, um, he was like, can I kiss you? And I literally have a mouthful of bottles. <laughs> I was like, no. Try. <laughs> Gross. Um, so what do your family think of all your travelling? Um, I think they're a bit, sort of baffled 
Um, they're mostly really supportive, and obviously they always say like, "Oh, it's super cool." Um, but I think my dad in particular is a bit like he's just constantly worried about me. I think uh. it's every everywhere I go, he's like, "Oh, be careful." Even if it's London. <laughs> you just want him to stay in. Yeah, he just wants you to stay at home. But my dad's one of those people that doesn't understand why ever, anyone would ever leave Weymouth. So. Oh, right, okay. And Weymouth is home. Yeah, Weymouth's where I'm from. Um, and it is very pretty, but like, there's obviously a whole world, Big world out there. Out there yeah. So he doesn't travel much then? No, no, he's he's not. I mean, he. I think he did when he was a bit younger, but he's not like a massive traveller. Um, and I think it confuses him that right. I want to go to all these places. And I think he's just constantly sort of worried about me. You've got a big great. family. How many brothers and sisters? Five, four, uh, five. 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 I nearly said six then. <laughs> just invented another one. <laughs> there could be one. For me, no. Um, no, there's five, there's six of us. And then I've got nine nieces and nephews. So oh, yeah. wow. And do you take them? Big. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken a couple of them on trips last year i took my little brother on a trip to um uh italy i had to think about that then <laughs> where did we go and then you traveled with another brother too yeah well aiden um booked his first ever backpacking trip last year and so i was on a trip as well and i kind of merged merged our trips together so that we could hang out for a week in thailand we went to uh Co-PP, which is where everyone goes to get really drunk in Thailand. Oh, so that's nice. So you yeah. took your eight, 18, is he? How He's 23. Oh, right. 23. Oh, that's right. Then. He, know, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if anyone was going to corrupt the other one, it would have been him corrupting me. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it was fun. So was you're, on a, time. you're on a good level with that. <laughs> yeah, so that was a fun little trip. Um, I know that you obviously lost your mum when mm. you were a teenager, which was awful for mm -hmm. she was ill for a few years wasn't she yeah she was ill for about six years um and then i was 18 when she passed away have how have your travels since have they um how have they helped you manage grief um wow it's, oh, it's really hard to kind of put it into words but for oh gosh about five or six years after she died i was well i mean i'm, I'm still obviously really sad about it and one of the things that I think I always think is really important to remember is that grief isn't like a thing that goes away and I think a lot of people just sort of assume that you're just going to be fine after mm. a year or two it's like oh should be fine after that yeah that whole time's a healer they always and tell yeah, you that they always say they? time's a healer and there's always those five stages of grief and the last stage is acceptance but that doesn't mean your grief has gone away it just means that you've figured out how to deal with it right and so I had counselling a few years after she passed away and the counsellor was like you've got delayed grief and I was like I don't think I have I think I've just got I think it just grief. lasts forever yeah yeah <laughs> I think I'm just sad um but when I started traveling I found like that I think maybe because it was sort of boosting my confidence and kind of giving me like like I guess it gives you a new perspective on life um and so it really it just it's just really it's really hard to explain it just kind of made me feel a lot sort of more like myself again I right. think so before my mum passed away I was always like I was a very, I would say, fun-loving, kind of happy-go-lucky person. I guess I'm sort of like that now. Um, but after she passed away for quite a long, yeah, quite a long time, I was just kind of, I would say, uptight. Mm. And I was quite anxious a lot. Do you think you're stressed? Probably. And I think the shyness got worse because I was anxious and stressed out. And I don't, I didn't associate it all at the time. I wasn't just like, yeah. oh, I'm sad because my mum has died. Um but obviously that's going to affect you in a massive way. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, so I would spend 
I just spent a few years basically feeling sort of very frustrated and trapped, I think, a lot. And so I had, obviously, I had this rubbish job that I hated. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of grief and kind of emotions that I don't think I'd necessarily processed properly, but I don't think there's really a, a right way to, no. to deal with something <clears> like that. Um, and so after I started travelling, and it, it didn't just happen overnight, but kind of over the course of a few years... I just found that I was becoming more and more like the person that I had been before my mum passed away. And I was a lot, you know, I enjoyed life a lot more and I was happier and I was more confident. Mm -hmm. And then doing things like those things that scared me all the time, that kind of, like it it taught me again, like how, you you know, how much I'm capable of and how much I can overcome. Do you think it was sort of like making new memories and realising that there is fun and yeah, life to have yeah, after that exactly because if I you'd have just sat in those call centers you'd have been like life sh- life's really yeah. shit yeah i mean life was really shit yeah i remember like just constant i mean not constantly but i remember frequent occasions at british gas where i'd have to like run off to the toilets and cry and at the time i thought it's just because i hated my job but i think i was just kind of miserable and frustrated and yeah didn't enjoy a lot of things about my life yeah and i'd so imagine if i was in that situation i'd be like yeah not not like what's the point but just like oh it's, this is shit it's hard it's really hard to want to carry on afterwards because you're just like well life's rubbish now yeah um but then finding new things yeah. to do and new fun and new memories and yeah and i think accepting that things are always going to be a little bit different and there's always going to be things that make you sad but that doesn't have to kind of define your whole life mm. that really helped um and so yeah so like you said like making new memories and like having new things to focus on mm. and kind of new challenges I think that really helped so I think yeah that year where I did one thing a month that scared me I think that was a massive turning point for me like I mean I didn't I don't think I actually finished it <laughs> <laughs> I think I only managed to do 11 things was that that was when you were traveling by yourself right yeah yeah so I spent okay. that whole year pretty much traveling by myself doing scary things um and trying to like I guess repair kind of my confidence and yeah really it did turn me around a lot I think what what sort of lessons did you get from that horrible trauma that I'm dreading (laughs) um that like helped you in life and stuff um I think the main thing is that it just makes me know that life is too short yeah like people always say oh life's too short but it's quite hard to actually live by that but that is something that I I mean it's often like at a cost of you know being healthy <laughs> yeah because i'll just be like oh well if i want another slice of cake life's too short yeah so i'll just eat an entire cake or <laughs> it's, like, it's like that saying uh, live every day as if it's your last yeah and you're like you, you can't you literally can't <laughs> i mean you wouldn't go to work <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. get dressed well, so it's kind of, you would. <laughs> sometimes it's hard to like find the right balance but it does it does make me really aware like to, not to stress too much about worrying about the future or saving up for the future because you don't know what's going to happen and I mean my mum was 44 I think when she passed away and no one expects that they're going to pass away when they're 40, no. 44 so they you know you're saving up for the future you're saving up for your rep- retirement plan and yeah things like that and you might obviously I'm not saying don't save up for the future yeah <laughs> because you should be sensible but you shouldn't let it get in the way of what you want to do now yeah retirement plans and like pensions and stuff are kind of just 
betting on the fact that you're going to live well for women now it's 65 yeah so you're betting that you're going to live beyond 65 yeah. which a lot of people don't yeah, exactly. so then what if you just what if you just work all the time yeah. and don't do the holiday and don't go and and then you go out tomorrow and you get hit by a bus and you think yeah. oh I could have had a really fun year <laughs> except you'd be dead <laughs> <laughs> so, up yeah. until that point alright yeah so like yeah. my um, older sister wanted to go on holiday to Florida a few years ago and she was asking me like she didn't really they were saving up to buy a house and she didn't really have quite enough money and she was like should I go should I not go blah 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 mm. I said well the thing is is whether you buy a house now or in 10 years time when your kids grow up they're not going to look back and think mm. oh, I'm so glad we bought a house <laughs> yeah definitely not they're going to look back and think and, you know, if, and if something horrible did happen like because you know my mum died when I was 18 but I had 18 really great years and we did a lot of really nice things we went on yeah. really good ho- well, we did go on some good holidays it wasn't just bones um, and we did a lot like we had lovely like days out and stuff like that but we never had a lot of money because we spent all our money on kind of any money we did have we spent on fun things and mm. we didn't have like the newest clothes and stuff like that but like, we'd prioritised what was really important and I'm really glad now because I look back and I think well we've got all these like lovely memories of my mum to look yeah. back on whereas if she had she could have had a full time job and we'd have had a lot more money and maybe owned you know a bigger house but I wouldn't have as many nice memories to look back on. So yeah. that was kind of what I said to Cheryl. Like, if you think that, you know, obviously the kids are going to love it if they go to Florida and go to Disney World. And then if anything horrible did happen, or even if it didn't, when they look back at their lives, they're going to be like, remember that awesome holiday we went on? They're not going to yeah. think, oh, um, you know, wasn't it lucky that we paid all the bills on time every month? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a lovely childhood we had. Yeah. I think it's the same though, like you were just saying about there being a balance. It's, it's hard though, isn't it? Because really obviously, hard. as an adult, you have to be an adult, especially when you've got kids. <laughs> but you do just want to go out and play and have yeah, fun and, and be silly. And time. So do it's fun like things. finding a good balance and remembering what's really important in life. Yeah. And like what you're going to look back on on your deathbed if you get there and think, like, are you ever going to be really glad that you did that? Because if you are, if you're going to be sad that you didn't do something, yeah. you should definitely do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so always have that second slice of cake. <laughs> That's my motto. <laughs> Just eat cake until you're sick. <laughs> and then Nicaraguan men will be like, You have a lovely thing. <laughs> yeah, eat, eat cake and go to Nicaragua. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> I'm into it. <coughs> um, what advice would you give to anyone that's thinking of booking travel to help with trauma or grief or anything? But maybe they're a bit nervous if they've got especially if they've got to go by themselves. Yeah. Um I'd say well, go for it that's my first bit of advice because I feel like you'll never regret going travelling but you might regret not going yeah Um, also you can just come home yeah (laughs) if you don't like it oh sorry (laughs) I just ruined it that's exactly what I was about to say (laughs) like if you get there and you hate it or everything's going wrong or you're stuck you can just you can come home or you can get on a flight to somewhere else yeah like you can you can change your plans you can you can never not not go is that too many I know what you mean (laughs) You can never. Oh, yeah, know. if you don't go, you can never undo that. But if you do go, you can undo it. Yeah. So. Good. Yep. Yeah. Coherent. Coherent. <laughs> yes. I don't have to that glass of wine. <laughs> um. So you're in your thirties now. Yeah. You're very different to the person you were in your early twenties. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Better. <laughs> Better. You can order your own things in a bar and a restaurant. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, that is an important skill. Yeah. I'm sad that you couldn't do that. It was horrible, actually. Yeah, yeah. It used to hold me back a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you couldn't eat as much as you wanted. <laughs> exactly. Sad. Um, let's talk about your travels some more. Where Where have you been? What 
all of them. <laughs> okay, so you've been to a lot of places. Yeah. Have you been to every continent? Uh, no, I haven't. I still haven't been to um, Oceania. Is that the name of it? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I want Where to say Australasia. Australasia. <laughs> <laughs> is it Australasia? We should know this. This is bad. I feel like they're both right. I feel like, aren't they both right? They're both right. <laughs> <laughs> Remember yeah, when confident. we went on that cruise and there was a travel competition, uh, travel quest- quiz? Oh yeah. And one of the, wasn't one of the answers between Australasia oh. and Oceania? Oceania. No, the answer, uh, but the answer to that quiz, the question was like, what's the biggest continent or something? I can't remember. And they'd given the answer as Australia, and we had oh, both right, debated. Yeah. I think one of us was saying Oceania and the other one was saying Australasia, and right. then it was, we were both wrong because they were like, but we were like, Australia's not a continent. No. But so we haven't learned from that. But anyway, so you've never wrong. you've never been, you've never been to that part of the world. No, I haven't been there and I haven't been to Antarctica. I think I've been to every other okay. um, continent now. Yeah, I think so. And where's your favourite area? Latin America is still definitely my favourite. I think it's because it's like holds. You know, it was like my first trip away, so it's yeah. a bit of a special place. In yeah, my heart. I think you get a little special bit of love for yeah. your, your first, first country, of, first places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also just because I really, I do really like the Latin American culture um, and history there. Um, I learned a lot when I was studying Spanish. You would not know that I can speak Spanish because <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> but when I was studying Spanish at school, we learned a lot about like the Mayas and that kind of culture. Um, and El Dorado is one of my favourite movies. And so okay. <laughs> oh, I've never seen that, so I can't. What? I oh, know, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know I'm rubbish with movies. About Saturday's orders. <laughs> But like, um, I just I'm, I find that culture really fascinating because it's really different to European culture, I guess. Right. Um, so I like that, and it's just a beautiful place. And it's got, I think Latin America is one of the most varied continents. Like it's got a little bit of everything. There's desert and there's rainforest and mountains and yeah, it's really pretty. Where's your favorite place? What in Oh Colombia. Columbia. Yeah, it's Columbia. Yeah, I need to go sure. there. Everyone yeah. always says Columbia. I don't, I mean, I can't even really be sure why it's my favourite country or like my favourite place I've ever been. It just is. But that was the first place you went That right? was my, the yeah, first place the of the first, first trip. Place. Yeah. Um, okay. But I know it's a lot of people, people's favourite country. Yeah. It is just, it's a really nice country. Like everybody that I met was lovely. All the places are really pretty. And it's really adventurous. It feels like, like a real adventure, you know? Okay. Not a diluted kind of tourist experience. It feels a bit but more. Do you think it might be different now? Because how long ago did you go? That was five. Yeah, four or five years. Five, five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, it probably is a bit different now because I think yeah. a lot more tourists are going there. People are just travelling so much now, aren't yeah. they? Which is great. Yeah. But obviously, changes. Ruins places. it for us. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't they just all leave and yeah. let me do my travel? How am I supposed to get an empty Instagram shot? <laughs> <laughs> um, most importantly, what country's got the best food? <sighs> I've never been to Latin. Well, I've only gone down as far as Costa Rica. So there's a whole. God, there's a whole extra continent yeah. to explore. Yeah. Um, I think. Where should I go for food? Well, Argentina has steak. Red wine and steak. I'm not that into steak. Wait until you go to Argentina. Oh, I, I like that steak. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I mean, I love red wine, so I'm yeah. sold on that. But... Yeah. I, I stayed in a hostel in Argentina in um, Mendoza, and every night from eight till nine, they had wine just great <laughs> so, and so yeah Argentina's got really it's really good for like barbecued meat and basically meat and wine that is it right. that's all they eat okay um, and then Peru also has really good food and they've got really good seafood and ceviches 
is amazing. Oh, I like Sugar Chin. Yeah. And I think Quinoa is from Peru as well. So it's very hipster there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you travel, you travelled those places with your boyfriend? You haven't been back since? No. With your ex-boyfriend? I or? really want to go mm-hmm. um, back on my own and see what it's like. Because I was going to ask you what it was like travelling solo as a woman. No, I've only, I've been to like the Central America region on my right. own as a woman. Um, and that, like Nicaragua, Mexico, you can wind up on a date by accident. Even <laughs> yeah, beware. What's going on? <laughs> Don't say yes to drinks to men in tourist information yeah. centres. Yeah, if you just if you think you're looking at all, you could be wrong. <laughs> um, actually, in Nicaragua, we, um, me and a girl that I had met there, we were counting, and I don't think a single day went past that I wasn't hit on at least once, mm. which is kind of nice. It has to be okay. self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, you're like, please just leave me alone. It's 5 a.m. I haven't washed. You don't love me. You don't even know me. <laughs> you just want me for my white skin. <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I most of the time, I didn't feel unsafe being there as a woman. So you you would harder. go back as a recovering, shy person yeah. by yourself. <laughs> You yeah. would go and do it, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely go back to Colombia and yeah, the rest of South America. I think I feel like people who haven't been to Colombia have a sketchy view yeah. of Colombia. Obviously, like all oh, the drugs, isn't yeah. it? Before but anyone went, that's been thinks it's great. Yeah. Before I went, I thought that I thought you know drug dealers, and yeah. now obviously that Narcos program has been oh, on yeah. Netflix, so I think it's even worse if someone's just like, oh, yeah, it's like Narcos. Um, but. Yeah, before I went, so many people were going, you're going to get sold into the drug trade. and like. But it's all people that haven't been that yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because they read the news. I'm, obviously, there is a big drug trade, but it's like deep in the jungle. You're not Unless you're hiking off by yourself in the middle of nowhere, yeah. you're probably not going to find any gorillas or any um, drug people. Yeah. <laughs> Those drug people. <laughs> Those crafty drug people. <laughs> What's the term? Drug lords. Oh, drug lords. Drug yeah. lords. Okay. Yeah, drug lords. Yeah, I guess the average tourist who's yeah. just wandering around looking at the yeah. sites is not going to get involved think, in all yeah, that. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed. I mean, it is. there's still quite a lot of danger in the country and there's places that you shouldn't go to, but you can check, like, travel safety information. It'll say, like, don't go to these regions. Because yeah. um, I think there's still a little bit of, like, civil war. Not civil war. It's, like, go- they had a massive problem with, like, guerrilla fighting, like, a decade or something ago. My history is... <laughs> Not great. When you say that, I think of gorillas, but it's gorillas, yeah, with isn't a it? <laughs> yeah, not, not gorillas <laughs> fighting a in the street. Huge problem with gorillas fighting. <laughs> um, they did used to have like a lot more problems, but there's still like a few problems left over. Okay, but it's all just like the usual, like travel advice, like be yeah. sensible, don't go out by yourself at night. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you get involved in the alleys. in the drug world in England, yeah, yeah, it's not advised yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so don't get involved in the drug world Sick in Colombia drugs kids yeah don't but do yeah, drugs like all of the I, I only heard like came across a couple of bad stories in Colombia from other travellers and they were all people that had been buying or using drugs yeah like, wrong. and I was like well you know don't don't, don't do buy drugs. cocaine in Colombia don't do drugs kids <laughs> that's what it was Stay like in, in, in Belize in Belize there was a lot of uh, yeah it was people that buy drugs because yeah, there was a lot of sketchy things yeah, there. But it was all to, it was like, all just to do with drugs. Yeah, because then you're like not blackmailed, but you're just in you're just yeah, in trouble. Because yeah. you've done something illegal. Yeah, exactly. So you should be. <laughs> the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but other than that, like I thought I mean I wouldn't say, Oh, Colombia's perfectly safe, but it's just like be sensible. Yeah. You know, be careful of your valuables. Don't 
go wandering around in dark streets like don't go off with a stranger like just the kind of things that I would say to someone about going to London yeah 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 you know Barcelona or something like problems happen everywhere yeah Um, but on the whole I I never really felt in any danger in Colombia so it's nice it's a lovely country um, have you got any other tips for women who are maybe planning or thinking about planning a trip to Latin America? Either by themselves or with friends or... Um, hmm, good or is it just have fun? Yeah, have fun. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the same as travelling anywhere, I think. I think a lot of people, like especially Colombia, but also like Bolivia, a couple of other countries, people have like real hang-ups about them. Yeah. But it's always just because of, you know, you only hear about bad stuff in the media. So Yeah. You're never going to hear like, oh, you know, 99% of people went on a holiday in Colombia and had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as <laughs> well, it's... Unfortunately, that doesn't get reported. It's often news from ages ago as well. Yeah. It'll be like older people that say, oh, don't go, don't yeah. do that. It's like, uh, I always think of like Brixton in London. That used to be, don't go to Brixton. I used to live there. And then that... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I li- well, I lived there for like two months. But um, now it's like a cool place and it's yeah. got all this cool stuff set up and like things change. Yeah. And it, a lot of places used to be super sketchy. No, they're fine. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, okay. I need to book a trip to Latin America. Yeah, I, th- I say go for it. Um, and then, yeah, just take take an open mind, say yes to everything, have fun. Not everything. Most things. Don't say yes to drinks from uh, <laughs> people you think you're looking to tour off. Um, so you travelled continuously for three years, was it? Yeah, pretty much. I used to like come home and sleep at the spare room at my dad's house and then travel right. again. Um, so yeah, almost three years. And you moved to England a month, uh, not a month ago, a year ago. <laughs> yeah, one year ago. Why did you decide to come back to England? What was your problem with long-term travel? Um, I presume you had a problem. <laughs> I did, I, mean, I did and I didn't. I guess I kind of got lonely. Like, I can get a bit lonely travelling by yourself all the time. And I just, I noticed that I kept going to places that I knew I had friends already there. Right. And so I thought, obviously just want to hang out with my friends more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So maybe I should find somewhere where I can actually be in one place and do that um, and then I was thinking of kind of moving abroad or like I just I didn't really know what to do um, and then you sent me a little message saying got their room and I was like oh well that's that problem spoken. <laughs> um, but I think one of the one of the biggest reasons is that I would quite like to meet a human man um, still hasn't happened been here for a whole year might as well give up <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite hard to find love when you're kind of in a new country every five minutes and you're never really settled. Yeah, I, th- I think that is definitely the biggest thing about long-term travel. Yeah. And I think a lot of our peers, a lot of our travel blogger peers that do travel for a long time, uh, often like travelling with a partner yeah. or they've buddied up with some other travel yeah, blogger exactly. or thing. Because that was, that was why I came home. I was away for like three years as well. And I just got sick of meeting new people to be honest yeah and I wanted to yeah see my friends be around more have a bit of a base I was sick of carrying all my stuff around all the time yeah (coughs) and it's all good fun for a while but after three years and obviously your friendships your family yeah it's really hard to maintain like real relationships when you're just messaging each other on whatsapp all the time yeah um because like you're not hearing each other's voices you're not speaking every day I mean yeah. I was speaking to my sisters every day via whatsapp but it's kind of like it's not the same no you need um, to be there and I guess especially for you you're used to such a big family which yeah. must have just been crazy growing up and then all of a sudden you're alone yeah. in Peru 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you're with your boyfriend in Peru. Alone somewhere. Okay. Yeah, alone in Thailand. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I had, yeah, I had a massive family. And then, I, I mean, I shared a room until I was 18. Mm. Went to uni. Um, which and then makes you're sharing with dorms. dorms. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, um, you get really used to people being around. It makes you really value alone time. Because you're like, yes, no one's around. I can do what I want. Um, but also it makes you need company quite yeah a lot. then you're like damn it i've got too much alone time where was <laughs> this when i was 15 <laughs> exactly but yeah so i i just kind of yeah i miss i miss my family i miss like having people around me all the time and like you said like i've, I've got sick of meeting new people yeah <laughs> and i love giving the shame people, spiel i mean and especially like i think it's kind of a bit worse when you're a travel blogger because if you meet someone and they ask what you do and you say you're a travel blogger then you have to have the same conversation like, oh, how do you make money? And it's yeah. Like, oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, they either hate you or they're fascinated by yeah, you. Yeah, and, and either it's way, like, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I just used to lie and be like, oh, you know, I work in a call centre. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does, um, it definitely changes things because when you're travelling and working, like, you've got to work and you've got to find Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, sometimes you see that person in the hostel that's sitting there on the laptop and you're like, God, they're... Yeah, oh, what are you Why are they on their laptop? Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're traveling and working and I think I when I was traveling so much I would meet someone and I'd want to hang out with them but you know hang out with a stranger or keep your business going and I do like my job so yeah I would choose that and you're not you're not as free yeah as other travelers yeah and the more successful my blog got the harder it was to like just travel and yeah everything because it's addictive and obviously we like doing it and that's why we do it but yeah it did it did change everything yeah um, I can understand why people come home but people often say to me like god you could live anywhere and I also think that I think god I could live absolutely anywhere and then I yeah. live in this I live in blooming Portsmouth <laughs> sunny sunny south sea yeah south sea's alright <laughs> but when I think god yeah and I look at anywhere. other people's adventures yeah. but family is a big pull yeah. isn't it and yeah from here friends. my family are like a two hour drive away yeah. so I can see them whenever I want yeah, that's nice and yes friends as well like meeting new people is really fun and I still like doing it but when you're there's a difference between meeting new people like every day every two days and you know meeting new people every now and again when you go on a nice fun trip and yeah. so I was kind of sick of meeting new people and I, like I said I just kept going to places knowing already that people I had already met before were there yeah and you didn't have to explain like, yourself yeah. what you're doing where you're from yeah exactly that. And then I was like, oh, I just want to be around people that already know me. And I started in England, kind of one in the end. So when you came back to England, did you feel like you needed to recharge? Like you needed to recharge to go on your next trip, or did you go straight on a trip? I can't remember. I went straight on a trip. We went to Florida. Oh, right. right. <laughs> but that was a work trip. And that was only a week. Yeah, that was a, a week in Florida, and we went to um, Harry Potter World, and it was like the best day of my life. So. <laughs> it's up there top five <laughs> i was going to ask um what negative effect do you think all this travel and obsession with travel has had on your life but would you say it's relationships yeah, and family and friendships yeah, my relationships really suffered i think that's the main thing and yeah finding like trying to find like someone to spend your life with even last year when i was i was trying a little bit but not very hard um and i was trying to date and things like that and because i was still traveling for work I, you know even if you're only away like one week a month that's still quite a lot in a sort of normal person's eyes yeah yeah and so a lot of people were just like oh you travel so much and I was like I don't think I do yeah <laughs> you should have seen me last year that's the thing I think 
when you when you travel a lot like we do for work and you've got a home base you're kind of like stuck between the two worlds yeah. like obviously we've got travel blogger friends that just travel all the time for work and they're always traveling and then obviously like friends from school or uni or whatever who are just at home but when you're like flitting between the two it's hard to explain why you're away yeah for a week or yeah. two weeks a month and it all seems a lot yeah it does seem like a lot I mean I'm trying to figure out the balance yeah it's hard to get the balance isn't it yeah. I feel I feel like I might have it at the moment but I feel quite balanced right now but then I'm about to go off for two weeks and so that's just going to put me back yeah. in all my work and but I'm just like oh two weeks that's all perfect yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know I don't know it's hard to get it's, it's hard really to get hard. and you just it's about finding the right people that won't because I think a few of my friendships and things have really suffered and I don't yeah, me too, definitely. I, I think I've lost friends. Because Missed of, weddings yeah. and babies and all that kind of jazz that normal people do. <laughs> so it's like finding like the right friends that will not mind that you're not always there and yeah. understand that you... Because like, it is, like you said, it's an obsession. Like you, I I will never not travel, I don't think. I yeah. Just, I think, oh, I need to stay at home. And literally, like within a day, I'll be like, oh, I wonder how much a flight is yeah. to... What's <laughs> I wonder how much a holiday will be to there. I'm like loving being at home this month, but I know that next month I'm going to be sad that I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just... It's a bit of an obsession. And you have to find the right people. And hopefully one day we'll find the right man that will understand that I love that just as much as I love being at home. And yeah. And doing all of those things. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so if that's negative, what's the positive? Um, what positive effect has all this travel had on your life? I think the number one thing for me is my confidence because I just used to be such a. I just feel like I didn't really let myself live very much because mm. I used to not want to do anything, so I was always scared. And so I think it really it's like it's helped my confidence a lot because you're always like relying on yourself and you kind of as well. I think one of the big things was that you don't have any time to worry about things before they happen. Yeah. So when. I don't know, if you're just in your normal life and you've got something coming up that you're scared of, that you can spend days... Yeah, build up worrying about it, about it. ...and building it up in your head into this massive thing. But if you're travelling, things quite often just happen to you in the moment and you there's no time to be sort of stressed about it beforehand, so you yeah. just kind of get on and deal with it. And then I guess you do it and then you gain confidence from the fact that you did it. Yeah. And then, as you were saying earlier... And like, then it kind then of feeds you... into normal life. And yeah. You're like, oh, I can just... I can, I can do it. Mm. I can do anything, really. So I think, yeah, it's really helped me with that. Um, yeah, imagine if yeah. you'd never gone travelling. Uh, I still You're working to... at British Gas getting people to order for you from the bar. Yeah. I used to, yeah, I just... I used to not order at the bar, I used to not order in restaurants, couldn't ask in shops for, like, help. I used to just go red all the time. I mean, I still go red all the time. I can go red if you say go red. I'll probably... <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a superhero skill. <laughs> Kind of, it doesn't actually help anyone, but, but yeah, funny. I'd probably still. I mean, I wouldn't still be working at British Gas, but yeah, I'd still be working. Not. Yeah. Doing what you're doing. Anyway. Like holding myself back, I think a lot. Yeah. Because I, you know, I started my blog because I wanted to write, but I kept it secret for ages because I didn't want anyone to know. Cause... I think a lot of people do that, don't they? Yeah. They're too scared. I, I'm sure I did that for about a year. Yeah. Because I, I was, I yeah, I was embarrassed ex. of the name. I was embarrassed of what I was writing about. I was embarrassed that I was like trying. Yeah. It's, re it's really hard to try anything, anything you want to do. Yeah. It's really hard to be like, yeah, I, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Because you're like, I really want to do it. But then if you mess it up, it's yeah. embarrassing. That's what it was like with this podcast. <laughs> I've been oh, wanting to do it for ages and then had all these ideas and stuff. And then, but it's really embarrassing because you're like, what if I tell everyone and then they just go like, oh god, Vicky can't do a podcast. Yeah. Like, no one is ever gonna. Or say they're that. like, I think one of the big things will be like, oh, like 
who listens to podcasts but then they're not my audience because some people do yeah. listen to podcasts exactly yeah I mean, we do. <laughs> There's at least two people that can listen to this Yeah, podcast. if two people listen to this, are we really happy? I mean, that's me and you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I reckon your parents will listen. That's four. <laughs> but then, yeah, if they if they don't listen and they don't appreciate them, they're not your audience and you can't yeah. please everyone. And... and also, you have to do things for yourself. Yeah. Like, oh God, I don't know what would have happened if I never started my blog. Yeah. But I'm, re- I'm really glad I did but I did just start it for myself I suppose in the end because I wanted to write I really wanted to be a writer and I just used to not write anything ever yeah and my friend it's too embarrassing putting it out there and like wondering yeah. what people will think my friend was like you should start a blog so I did but I kept it really secret until I think I told my ex and like a couple of really close friends and I was like I'm not telling anybody yeah um, until it started in like until I started getting people strangers on the internet were reading it and I was like oh maybe people do like me um, so that's like work to build your confidence yeah so. I suppose that's that's helped yeah but yeah it's like trying anything that you really care about yeah it's so scary and I th- but I think that's something that puts people off travelling as well and especially planning a big trip because you think three months six months even a month for some people is a long time yeah and you think oh god what if I don't, what if I don't like it what if this happens what if this happens what if that happens yeah but yeah just I guess just try it and do it yeah and maybe just do it in a moment like book it in a moment of madness yeah and then deal with it that's how I've got my flight <laughs> yeah. have a few glasses of wine and then be like I'm going <laughs> yeah because like you said you, you can come home if it all goes wrong yeah or just like, have just a little take it one day at a time yeah like, have yeah. a little fun to make sure you can go home I reckon as well sometimes when you go travelling like stay off social media for a bit <clears throat> like when you arrive yeah because otherwise you'll maybe see oh this person's doing that oh this person's doing that and yeah, I wish I was at home homesick but yeah yeah, you just wanna. You just have to take like get in the moment and just do it. Live in the moment, yeah. All so where's cliches. yeah, <laughs> all the cliches. So where's next for you? Where are you travelling to um, next? I don't have anything coming up. Can't believe Emily. So Can't I believe know. it. Well, because I did that. I did a massive trip to Asia. Well, I did a massive month long trip to Asia at the mm. end of last year, and that was really tiring because I travelled all the way from Singapore to Hanoi mm. um, by train, and that was quite exhausting um and so after christmas i was just like i don't want to do anything for a while that's what we were saying about the balance <laughs> wasn't it so yeah so i needed some time at home um and then now i've not really got anything concrete coming up i'm going to california in june oh that's exciting so that'd be good and then hopefully maybe the caribbean but i'm not sure about that one yet um where would be your number one place to go if i gave you one thousand pounds Oh, to spend two, <laughs> to spend two weeks somewhere. My number one place at the moment is New Zealand, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. I've never been to that part of the world, and I really want to. And New Zealand's really pretty, and Lord of the Rings was filmed there, so loads oh, yeah, of you can go, go to Hobbit Town or whatever yeah. it's called, Hobbiton. Yeah, is that it? Hobbiton, yeah. I've been there. I don't even know what it's called. What? <laughs> I've been there, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what Lord of the Rings is, but I'll go because I'm a sheep. Yeah, I, I, I think New Zealand's number one for me at the moment. Or Ecuador. But oh, yeah, Ecuador's nice. been number one for me for ages because it's one of the ones I missed when I went to South America. Oh, okay. So, and I want to go to the Amazon. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but I need, I need more than a grand for that. So if you're, if you're <laughs> giving away free money, for you're trying to pop up my grand. <laughs> that's all I I've got. I need a few grand to go on a Galapagos cruise. That's all I've got. I've got a grand. <laughs> not interested. Yeah, they might not even get. How much is a flight to New Zealand? I don't know. It's probably more than a grand. Anyway, I'm not actually a grand, so I don't know why we're debating this. Where can listeners find you online? Oh, well, I am Emily Luxton Travels. Uh, so it's emilyluxton.co.uk um, or just search Emily Luxton 
out because I think there is only one of me. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, M underscore Luxton on Twitter and Instagram. Do you have any last inspiring words for anyone who <laughs> wants to go and travel <laughs> but is too shy or has had a sad time in life or just doesn't know where to go? Um... I think you can tell by my face falling then. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> inspiring me. Um, just just do it. Just bloody do it. That's just do advice. it and you can come home yeah. if you don't like it. Exactly. But just just go for it. Why not? Cool. Okay, well, thank you very much. I need to refill my glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, it ran out quite a long time ago. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thanks for being thanks on the for podcast. Me. Bye. Bye. You've <laughs> Oh, we have a laugh. Interesting fact. Emily is one of my favourite people I've ever lived with. Shame neither of us are ever here at the same time to enjoy it. Or maybe that's why. Anyway, check out her blog at emilyluxton.co.uk. Tweet us on the hashtag SoSheTravels if you want to have a chat, ask any questions, and please, if you've enjoyed today, leave a review. I'm trying to get the podcast in the new and noteworthy section. Anyway, goodbye for today. Wait till you see who's joining me next week.